When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hi there. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald, along with Tom Cock. And, you know, we're always here to help. We come around every weekend, Saturdays on Como Radio in Seattle, uh, to help you better understand money. We also do a podcast that airs at least five times a week. And that's at TalkingRealMoney.com or on your favorite podcast service. And you have a standing invitation to call us with your questions at 855-935-TALK. That's 855-935-8255. Of course, the time you can call us live and we can actually have a conversation uh, Saturday afternoons between 3 and 5 Eastern or noon to 2 Pacific. If you're in Seattle, you know it's noon to 2 Pacific. 855-935-8255. So before you do something you might later regret or uh, try to straighten out a mess you already have, call 855-935-TALK. Like, for example, if you're thinking, I'm going to go buy me some GameStop at $370 a share, or I'm just like Tom, I'm going to buy some AMC, or I'm going to become a stock market timer, or uh, just... You need to think again. You really do. I mean, there's a lot. It's not just because we don't think it makes sense. There's a lot of research that shows it doesn't make sense. Well, there was always a lot of research that showed that moving in and out of stocks lowered returns. Well, yeah, right? because you miss some of the big days in the market, right? right. That, that just that that's an easy and we could go through all the numbers. We're not going to. But there's now a new study out that finds that active trading also increases the volatility of the portfolio. And which makes sense when you think about it, right? Cause you're buying and selling stuff. I mean, and we are, we've already seen the numbers from last March where people sold out of stocks and then they're still waiting to get back in. But some new research by uh, Dr. Ilya Ch- uh, Dychev of Emory and Chin Zeng of the University of British Columbia said, found that 50%, it's amazing, the volatility of actual investor experience 50% higher than the corresponding volatility of stock returns. In other words, if you just bought and held and you did nothing, you didn't move the money around versus moving the money around, you're, the, the, you, how much bouncing around. So you, here's, here's the way I look at this, Don. People feel better. I'm moving out of that because it went down. I'm putting it in cash or bonds, and then I'm going to buy that when it goes up. You feel better about all that, but it actually not only lowers the returns, it increases the ups and downs of your portfolio. It's a bit counterintuitive, but it's just another actually, reason. Actually, no, it really market it, it timing strikes me as one of those stuff things. You know, that the more you're moving money, the more volatile money's going to be. Yeah, it, it just that makes it, sense. I call these. It's like. Value stocks tend to outperform growth stocks, or small company stocks have tended, past tense, to outperform large company stocks. These are called uh, duh factors, at least in my vocabulary, because, you know, it's limited. Uh, duh. 
Duh, of works. course, undervalued assets have a better potential. Of course, littler companies have more room to grow. And of course, the more you move your money between things, the more volatility you're going to incur. And we believe volatility is one of, oh, there are just really two kinds of major risk, volatility and permanent loss. And, and huge. And by the way, they also looked into Robinhood, you know, some of the investors there, which Robinhood claims our guys are buy and hold people. I don't believe you for a moment. <laughs> but uh, the most oh, popular stocks on Robinhood, yeah. here's, their, here's their study on that. They tend to decline after they've been the most popular between 5 and 9%. Let me say that again. After they've been the big ones, the big mm-hmm. movers on Robinhood, they tend to decline. And this is not, a, again, not a surprise because they get, get pumped up. And I think you could clearly say that right now with a couple of issues oh, that have think? been pretty pumped up here lately, uh, by the boards and by everything else. And then they, people lose interest and they go down and they sell out because I made a lot of money. I've read about the kid who got $100 worth of, I think it was GameStop and just sold it for 3500 I mean, that's the kind of thing you hear about. And that's the kind of thing that you really need to avoid in your portfolio period. And the other thing there, Tom, is not, it's not just the volatility because when you're trading in and out of individual securities, you've got that risk of the big swings in value, but you've also got that risk that you could get into a company like AMC was nearly bankrupt. It was, uh, was, it was teetering. They yeah, were right truly. on the brink. If they didn't mm-hmm. get that emergency infusion of, of venture capital, really, $970 million, dollars, yeah. if they didn't right. get that, they were on the brink of filing for bankruptcy and they didn't have a lot of, there really wasn't a lot to allow them to restructure. It could very well have been a full liquidation bankruptcy, but even in a restructure bankruptcy, this is what people forget. It's like they, they think, you talk about Delta Airlines that went bankrupt, and they go, well, I own Delta stock. No, 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 no. The people who owned it before the restructuring, they lost everything. They lose CGM, it all. CGM, Enron, WorldCom. It happens. Individual firms do so, go bust. So your risk is, is huge. It's not just one thing. It's everything. It's magnified when you move your money is what they're saying. We'll be back. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Retire Meet has gone both national and virtual. Join Tom and me along with a host of other retirement experts at Retire Meet America 2021. Reserve your place now at retiremeet.com, retiremeet.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. 855-935-TALK is our phone number to talk about money. And that number works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I want to warn you of something. When we get full with calls, this happened last week, when we have all the lines full, if you call that number, you will be routed to the voicemail. And so if you want to be... Call me back later. If you want to be on the show, then you have to call back in a bit. Otherwise, if you call and leave your question there, we'll answer it on a podcast next week. Okay. Just want to explain that. I hear my suggestion, the shorter version, call back in a couple minutes. Or call back. How about that? Like, like Bob did. Hi, Bob. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Thanks for your persistent. Hey, Bob. What's up? (laughs) I called back. No big deal. (laughs) Hey, I'm trying to come up with a income paying portfolio for my RMDs that I have to take on another two years from now on exchange traded funds. I have six funds. Let's see, the annual expense ratio, according to Morningstar.com, is of the six would be 0.32%. 
And mm-hmm. uh, an expense ratio of a similarly weighted hypothetical portfolio would be 0.42%. Okay. Uh, okay. Just what do you want? What do you need I, us to help you with? He wants an income well, portfolio. So, uh, are you? Yeah. Well, I got. Do you want to know the six uh, exchange rates? Sure. Tell us, Tell us the funds. Tell us the funds. Tell us the funds. Okay. They're iShares. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, J iShares. Um, what was that? Well, it's an emerging market emerging markets bond fund. Ah. Okay. okay. Uh, um, yeah. Bond fund. I know. Okay, go, mm. go ahead. What else? You got five others. A preferred stock and foreign uh-huh. large value. Foreign large value? Yeah. Okay. And what oh. else? Oh, That's three. Okay, you got the emerging market. You got the high yield. Two the high, oh, value. you got a high yield. Uh-huh. Yeah. Foreign large value. Preferred. Two large values, one preferred, and the four in large value. Oh, okay. So you've got the large value are growth funds. I mean, are, yeah. are equity funds, equity funds. Right. And then you are being absolutely crazed about stretching for yield, aren't you? Uh, well, I guess, yeah. It it says I can get 4.21% with this portfolio. Yeah, if, if yeah. I like yeah but how much can you lose? Six. How much can you lose? How much can you lose? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> a lot. For, a lot. Yeah. This oh, my gosh. I, yeah. Well, okay, let's go back. All right. Let's go, go ahead, back. Tom. I mean, I'm first of all, you. high yield, even the best of the high yield, the fund that if you're going to use high yield, uh, the Vanguard uh, corporate high yield in 2008 lost a quarter of its value, 25%. We do not recommend bond funds that can lose that kind of money. Emerging markets okay. bonds, which probably are helping that yield too at like 5% as a guess. Those are in countries that, uh, if things get ugly and, and they always could for whatever reason, you're looking at a high default rate there as well. So you could lose a lot of money. This is a very important lesson, I think, for every investor. First of all, there is no short cuts to getting high yield with no risk. Number two, the bond should be the ballast part of your portfolio. Number three, if you really want to get a dividend payout, you just own the market and take what it pays you every year. You don't go after the high dividend paying stocks because that limits your diversification in the portfolio as well. So I I, I don't like this uh, this strategy at all, Bob, to be honest with you. Uh, Bob, Bob, this is first, it's way too complicated. Uh, second, you are looking at the yield number, and that is probably the most dangerous thing to do for someone who wants to generate an income from their portfolio. In this environment, a high yield is really, really risky because what looks like a, a, a reasonable yield to you is, re- is actually a truly, truly out there yield. So the re- what Tom says is the way we believe this should be done, and we believe it fervently. You need to create a portfolio that has both equity, well-diversified, not just value, uh, that is U.S. and international, that is built to take into account your risk profile, your need for return, and your ability to accept volatility. And then you withdraw, let's say you need 4% per year. You own this huge portfolio with thousands of stocks and tens of thousands of bonds in it. You draw from that portfolio 4% per year. You don't worry about what the income stream is. We have been trained for too long to think like banking. 
that you got to just get an income stream from your portfolio. And that's not the way it has to work. As a matter of fact, that's not even the best way to, to work going forward. The past shows us pretty clearly that you can take 4% per year out of a well-balanced portfolio and not worry as much and not take as much truly intrinsic risk, intrinsic, lose-it-all kind of risk as you're taking with this portfolio. 855-935-TALK is our number. 855-935-8255. Carolyn, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi. Um, I have an IRA, and um, some of it is in Roth, and most of it is not. And I was thinking maybe that would be a good way to start transferring some of it into the Roth so I can not get killed if I want to make a large purchase. Do I need more specific? Oh, you mean so then use the money, use the money later to to buy some, take it out of the Roth, and uh, avoid the the big tax bill that you would in the traditional IRA. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you what what uh, what kind of income do you have right now? What kind of tax situation do you have? A very low one, like the ten percent. You're in a very low bracket. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then it what you ought to do is do you do you need to do this with a tax plan. You take out enough money that you don't kick yourself up to another bracket uh, so that you're paying more dollars on your dollars you're taking out. You want to stay in the lowest bracket possible. And you take it out. You transfer it over to the Roth. You just recharacterize it as a Roth. And then from that point on, it grows tax-free, and you're not subject to required minimum distributions. Well, I'm going to make one more suggestion. Here's the other. Here's the painful part of all this. I would never, ever, ever pay the tax out of the IRA no. for that for that that relocation to Roth. And as I see a mistake of this regularly, you gotta have the cash to pay the taxes before you make that move. Why do you say that? Just out of curiosity. Not that I was gonna do it, but I'm just curious about because you, because what you're doing is you're sucking down some of that money that is going to grow tax free for you. You, because you can't put any more in a Roth. Roths are a finite resource and you don't want to take any of the money that can sit there and grow for years tax free out to pay taxes. You want to use money on which you've already paid taxes to pay those taxes. Okay. Okay. Cause I was, I was thinking of maybe taking Transferring like ten or fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, um, so that'll probably cost yeah, that wouldn't you. Be a big that'll probably cost you a thousand fifteen hundred dollars in taxes. Worst case scenario, if you're in a low bracket, if you can, if you have that in another account somewhere, then I believe you're in good stead. I would, I would suggest you consider doing that. Thanks so much for the call. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. Eight five five. 935-8255. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your money. And we really, really want to help you build the best possible future. Don't go away. 855-935-8255. Tom and Don are talking real money. Learn about estate planning, Medicare, Social Security, senior housing, investing for retirement, generating income in retirement, and protecting yourself from consumer scams, along with a special keynote duo, Paul Merriman and David Booth, the founder of Dimensional Fund Advisors. Reserve your free place now at retiremeet.com, retiremeet.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Don are talking real money. Call, call now. You were waiting for a line to get open? Call right now. 855-935-TALK. Right now. 
before somebody else does it. 855-935-8255, because there is one open. Bill, you're on. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, could you tell me why the stock market went down Wednesday and Friday? Um, I, think, I think I could safely say there were, You're there were more sellers than buyers. Are you going to say buyers. more sellers than buyers? I knew he was going to yes. do that. I knew he was going to do that. I'm pretty confident in that answer, Bill. I'm, 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 I'm very confident in that. Uh, actually, let me give you a better answer than his smart aleck oh, answer. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. You want you want the speculative answer? Because no, I think, no, 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 check, no. I'm well, not yes. going to give him. Let me I'm explain not my the speculative answer either. Well, no, because well, let me explain why what you're going to say is speculative. No, I believe it's there not. are somewhere around sixty. Say. What do you think you know? Okay, I'm gonna 60, say? 60, I do. Sixty you million do trades a day. To know why people sold and why people bought, you would have to go interview all of them. Then you would have to collate that information to come up with, well, this guy said it was because GameStop. This guy's there's you have no, no idea what that. I was going to say. You have no idea. Go ahead. You have no clue what I was going to say. I was going to say because the market does at times go down, it has to at times go down, and we will never know in advance why it went down, nor know in hindsight why it went down. We just can't know those things. Now, let me tell you what you will find is you will find thousands of people on CNBC, on Fox Business, in the Wall Street Journal, in Barron's, at MarketWatch, all of these places. You will find thousands, tens of thousands of people who know what you want to hear, and they're going to tell you what you want to hear because it's called pandering. They're pandering to everybody out there who asks that question. Why did the stock go down? Because the next question typically is, typically is, yep, what's going to do from here? Yep. And And I can tell you on Monday, and I'll give you another smart aleck answer. Ready? It'll go up or down. There you go. No, it might go sideways. It could go flat. No, but usually it's up or down. Rarely do we get a zero, zero, zero across the board with all the major indexes. These sound like smart aleck answers. Yours do. The reality is. (laughs) Well, but the reality is that is the correct answer. That's the correct answer, yeah. yeah. It sounds like I'm being a you-know-what, but I'm not. I'm just telling you this is what we know. This is what everybody knows. But as you just said, there's this multi-trillion-dollar industry built on the fact that people have somehow put themselves out there, and you're supposed to believe them, and they don't know. Sorry. Then you will get. Here's some of the answers you you might get if you ask this of others. Uh, things like, well, the market was trading at a ridiculously high price earnings multiple and it was due for a pullback and you know traders were believing that uh the fed might raise interest rates or something you know they're going to give you a thousand and one different stories well what we're worried about covid whatever it might be but the fact of the matter is we do not have a single solitary clue and we never will and if anybody gives you a different answer than that this is a this is an absolute fact. If anyone gives you a different answer than Tom's smart alecky answer or my slightly more impassioned answer, <laughs> they're lying to you. Please understand that when we're talking billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars at play every single day, there is incredible incentive to say things you want to hear not that you need to hear and this is an absolute fact about the markets you cannot know in advance what they're going to do please every single one of you listening to this show get that through your heads you cannot know it 
It is literally impossible. And any of you who believe that the future is accurately and consistently predictable, I'm not going to be a smart aleck, I'm going to be hard on you, is totally deluded. All right, Mr. Khrushchev, quit pounding on the table. I'm I don't have my shoe. I that. didn't get my shoe, though. Because the question then always is, so what do I do? Well, here's what you do. You mentioned the risk quiz earlier. You take the risk quiz. Yep. Number two, you know what return you're trying to make on the money, the purpose of that money. Number three, you accept the volatility that's going to be associated with the return you're trying to make. And then stop being greedy. You take up chess. No, you take up chess. You do something else because you're not watching this. It does not matter. You find another game that is interesting and will not reduce how much money you have because watching the market guaranteed will mean less money for you and your heirs I into would, the future. I would suggest, though, if you're looking for a game, don't become a soccer referee. Don't, don't do not Oh, that. come on. I'll be back on the field next week. <laughs> oh, I know. It's a scary Toting thought. the whistle and three masks. I, I, so we'll see I want goes. you to get on that treadmill and run for 90 minutes with a mask, <laughs> with on. mask on. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see how pretty. you do. And make sure you wear your Apple Watch so when you fall, the uh, paramedics will know where they come to. Thank you so much. Don are talking real money. Now everyone can meet the retirement of their dreams at Retire Meet America 2021 online. Sign up now for free at retiremeet.com. That's retiremeet.com. for a really great future. We're talking real money. The sooner you get over the mistaken belief that there is some expert out there, there's somebody out there who knows the future and you don't, and if you just find the right expert, you're going to get rich, the sooner you will become a real investor You'll stop worrying about money all the time. You'll stop worrying about your portfolio. You'll build what you need to build and realize that you can patiently wait it out. Your expectations need to be lower. Always be happy with the return of the market. Quit trying to beat it. Be it. 855. By the way, by the way. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Give 855 talk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Once you do that, yeah. here's the other good news. You don't have to listen to us anymore. <laughs> Right. Sorry. It's over. You can find something else on Netflix. Goodbye. Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Some people actually like listening for the grape nut stories. Uh, I I know. Or the referee stories. Another referee wrote me like that one, too. Yeah, seeing me running around the field with a double mask, good luck. Yeah, please let us know where that game's going to be held. We would really all love to come out and cheer you. And and that cheering, Instagram, that that, that sound you hear won't be cheering. It'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, look, he's still, oh, no, no, he's down. He's down. All right, everybody. Good job. Thanks for the thing. Tom, you tried so hard. You get one of those applauds, you know, when they carry you off the field on a stretcher. Like the age isn't enough of a deficit. you got to throw the masks on there, too. (laughs) 855-935-TALK. Hey, Alec, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Alec. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. What's up? So I, my question is on uh, asset allocation, how you determine your uh, stocks to bonds uh, um, allocation. And so I took your risk quiz, and I got a 75. So uh, I'm 46. I live here in Washington. I'm a firefighter, so I'll get a pension. And so I plan on retiring uh, in about 10 years with uh, 30 years under my belt. So um, just want to get your guys' advice on how to uh, – for my uh, deferred comp or 457. Wow, that's a great question, because this this is the other part of the equation you're going to have is the fact that you have fixed income 
once you retire. When are you eligible to take that pension? Uh, I could take it when I'm 53, but I won't retire probably until I'm 56, and that would put me at 30 years. And would the pension replace most of your current income? T- I mean, will or most it be of your current expenses? Yeah, will it? Will it Pardon me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at uh, thirty years, I'd get sixty uh, percent of uh, of what I'm making now. So, and that's pretty much you know what I live on uh, currently anyway. So, wow. <laughs> You're from a risk from a risk standpoint. You 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 scored with a really high risk tolerance number. That's you're, a high score. You're you're of a great age. You've still got plenty of time. So you got the time factor. You got the tolerance factor. You've got the lack of need factor. That's another one. You can actually be pretty blasted aggressive. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, although I don't think you need returns that could burn down the house or anything no, either. No, I mean, no, no. I don't think crazy. Can, no. And that's bad. I'm sorry, bad pun. I, I, here's here's a way oh, I oh, would that look was, at it. Oh, another Thank bad. You. That was really. Uh, excuse me. Was that a yellow card? Yep. That straight was a yellow to, card. I got straight straight to red. Here's the way I would do it. I would just say because of my risk and because of my age, I would just do a 70, 30, 70 percent in stocks, 30 percent in bonds because you can tolerate that. Because For here's sure. the other thing to really think about. And this sounds like timing to a degree, but the 10 year U.S. government bond is paying one. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a lot of your money at 46 in something that's paying 1%. That's just my takeaway. I was even leaning 80-20. Because it, so you it, could do one or the other. Because uh, the diversification there, yeah. in equities is so great, he's still got decades, plural, to use it. I mean, 80-20 is pretty conservative, I think, given his risk quiz score and his situation. So you don't now, need are you more okay than, with losing? Are you okay seeing your portfolio decline by 40%? In a year, in a year. No, I'm at eighty twenty right now, and so I don't usually look at my balance except for every once in a while. So I know it's going to go there. down, but it's going to go back up to you. So you awesome. got all you got all the makings of somebody who is going to have a very comfortable retirement. Very. I think you're in great you shape. You're asking the right you, uh, questions. Kind of uh, decrease that asset allocation as you uh, near retirement, then. <laughs> yes, Maybe. it's kind of it's a, it's a glide path. Most what yeah. you do, you know, you start to decrease that as you get within a decade or so of needing it. I would only yeah, that's the that's the critical part. That's why I was asking about the mm-hmm. the spend because I would only start to really decrease that as I got close to drawing on that portfolio. Until then, why not make the money cuz stocks have made more than bonds? Leave it that way. Then, as I'm saying, I'm five years. I'm gonna start pulling it out. Then I start working my way back to a sixty, forty something. And let me tell more you, moderate. I, I walk the walk when I say that because I am a lot older than you, and I'm seventy thirty. Because I'm I'm eighty twenty. I'm not gonna retire because I just want to be better than Don. Yeah, so great. he's more aggressive than me. Uh, but yeah, I think you're doing absolutely wonderfully. Good job. Keep up Thank the good work. Listening. Keep up the job. Keep up uh, taking care of us all and. Keep listening. 855-935-TALK. Our phone number. Tom and Don are talking real money. Our biggest event of the year, Retire Meet America 2021, is now available to everyone in the country, and it's absolutely free. Sign up now at retiremeet.com, retiremeet.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Glad he did. Hey there, welcome back. We're just chatting. I'm Don, that's Tom. This is Talking Real Money, 855-935-TALK is our number. Let's go back to the very full phone lines. John, you're up. Welcome to the program. Hi, Don. Hello, John. I've been 
Hey. And Tom, I, I've been going to your seminars for probably 10 years, and I've been listening to you on the radio since the 90s. And uh, back then, you advised me to switch from individual stocks to index mutual funds. And that's pretty much what I've done. And then I read John Bogle's book. And mm-hmm. you, uh, the return that we had over the last probably 30 years is somewhere between 9 and 10%. Uh, and initially, we started out with 50% stock, 50% mutual fund. Uh, stock mutual funds is 50% bond mutual funds. And mm-hmm. as we accumulate a little bit more, uh, we got to the point where now we're running 70-30. And the reason being is we have what we need to pass on to our children. But the main question I want to ask you today is um, we're going to give several million dollars to charity, but there are three different ways that I thought of doing it. And One is Vanguard Charitable. Uh, the other one would be um, the ins- directly to the institution and the third would be to contact uh, Vanguard and set up some kind of a distribution system to the individual um, institutions. Uh, the problem I ran into when I checked on the individual institutions and their rate of return on their uh, endowments is pathetic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why I'm looking at other, other sources. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's other. So, is some of this in a qualified type account, or is this all brokerage type money, post tax or pre tax? It's all brokerage money. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so you could do. There's other ways that that you that where you could grant that money to be given away, but still have it properly managed. You don't necessarily have to use Schwab's management or Vanguard's management per se. That's just a titling thing. I mean, in other words, because it sounds like to me like you're ready to do that, but you don't want to give it to them to manage because well, their returns have been poor. No, no, he was talking about giving it directly to the institutions to whom he was going to get to, to the the charitable go- groups. He's saying that their investment management stinks. Is that right? So hand it to them now, and they're not going to make as much as yeah, you. Yeah, hand it to Is them that what now. You're saying? I, I, the, the Schwab, well, but you have control over the portfolio at Schwab, if I remember correctly, in their charitable. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, you could do it that way. That's what's what it called? Saying. Schwab charitable charitable remainder. I always forget. No, it's not the title. charitable remainder. Uh, Schwab has a really great program. I do not know. I know the the Schwab one better. Uh, and it really was the what the the what I just what I discovered was that it it gave you so many wonderful options in terms donor of donor advised donor funds. advised funds the Schwab donor advised funds give them a call and look into that because you could continue to manage it in the intelligent way you are managing it and then only then when when you're when you're no longer there that does it go off to the charities but it gets it out of your out of your state and it gives you some tax advantages Correct. so I would look into that absolutely John donor thanks for the call fund donor yeah. advised funds i couldn't remember the name uh joe you're next welcome to the show hi uh i'm uh, uh i'm retired uh, in my just hit 71 but i'm i've got uh kind of had some uh, you know had i've had some a uh, rather uh well i'm not very happy with the way the market has gone lately and i've finally you know, or, or I guess my performance in the market, but I finally decided that I would get into, uh, uh, I put about, 
sixty percent of my assets are in a that I have in a rollover IRA and cash that I have in bank preferreds and the other half just in CDs. Now, bear in mind, I'm not really all that worried about the future and future earnings because I have property. Uh, Yeah, but but let me ask you a question. You said you weren't thrilled with your performance. What were you in that you weren't thrilled? Uh, Well, I got my head handed to me playing options. How's that? (laughs) Ah, okay. All right. Well, okay. We we got, we got strike one. You played options. Now you've, you've learned your lesson, correct? Oh yeah. You'll never do uh, that again. And and, uh, down the road, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, I I just don't want to put all that much risk in the market. Now, bear in mind, I have property. I'm going to get a rather large cash payment in about 30 days. That is a totally, that is a total, I I want to leave that off to the side because what we need to focus on is your investment portfolio because it sounds like you don't have a clue where to put this stuff. You were playing options, which is ridiculously risky. Then you go quickly from that to preferred stocks, which we think is absolutely crazy because preferred stocks, while they may have a decent dividend, are also as almost as risky as individual stocks. They're not as safe as bonds. You've got a hodgepodge. You're just jumping around. You don't have, here's what you don't have, Joe. You do not have an investment plan. You are just investing wildly. You're creating this melange of stuff. You need to sit down with a fiduciary advisor, someone who's 100% fiduciary, who you pay for a plan. Pay $1,500 for a plan. Make sure it is not someone who sells securities, who does not get commission, who is truly fee-only, and will build you, at least just build you a plan. You need a plan to know what your risk tolerance is, what you need your money to do for you, and then you need to build a portfolio that's really well diversified. Thank you, Joe, for the call. No, and I would add to that that instead of having a series of ideas is what you have, you exactly what Don said. You need uh, Here's what I'm trying to achieve. Here's how much risk I want to take build the portfolio correctly from there. Yeah, because right now you're just kind of jumping around. You're just trying to dive from one thing into the other. You're probably watching way too much CNBC or Fox Business and reading too many financial publications. You need to stop doing that and spend that money on getting a plan. And Jim, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Jim. Jim. Hi. What's up? Hi there, guys. Hey, hi. First of all, I'll just say that I really enjoy you guys. Thank you. And I appreciate everything you guys do. But um, So here's my question for you. I've been a teamster for almost 40 years. I have a pension. And mostly I'm invested in the S&P 500. And I have a little cash on the side and in another IRA. And I'd just like to know how you guys feel about that. I'm... Well, I would run out and buy a different type. I'd go if it's just the S and P five hundred, then go buy an international fund or a small cap fund, something so you have exposure to other stocks. Is that S and P five hundred fund in your in a retirement plan? Yes, it's in an okay. IRA. And he it's said he has IRA. another small IRA. Yeah, yeah I mean, and then you've got cash in the other one. Uh, yeah. yeah, you just need to diversify. Either that, or just go get VT, uh, VT the Vanguard Total Remember, World Stock Index Fund. Re- VT holds 9,000 companies. The S&P 500 has 500. So we'd like to see you more diversified. Over time, that's reduced the 
volatility and actually increase the return a little bit. Not lately. The S&P 500 has been the better place to be. But over the long haul, you want exposure to those other stocks. Absolutely, because in the in the 2000s, from 2000 to 2010, the S&P 500 was not the place to be, and those other stocks were the place to be. So you'll never be in the exact right place at the exact right time. You just want to be in all the places all the time. Yeah, Vanguard has a very fine small cap value fund. If you had a small IRA, you could... That would help balance yeah. out things a little bit because now you got but for sheer different types of stocks. You might just want to do the whole thing in a total yeah. market fund if you're able yeah, to sure. do that. Thanks for your call. Thank you all for calling. Remember, you can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. They called him crazy. They called him nuts. They called him insane. They said he was out of his mind when years ago, years ago, a man suggested an event that was all about retirement. And I'm the guy who called him crazy. Yep. I'm the guy who said he was insane. I was the guy who said, do not do that. You'll take us right over the ledge. And I said, I have the best name. I have the best uh, name because it was on Valentine's Day. I remember the first one was on was, Valentine's yeah, Day. It was. And yeah. I said, we want to, we'll play the Valentine's Day thing up and we'll call it retire meet as in meet the future of your dreams, like meet the mate of your dreams. And darn it. What are Never we now? Worked. Seven years later. Never worked. And it worked. Seven yeah, years later. I was wrong. Yeah, seven. This is the seventh one. Yeah, takes, so it's all virtual this year. Because takes a of big the man to admit you're wrong. I know. This is the twentieth. Three weeks from today, you got to be part of it. It's virtual. All great information. Tremendous speakers. RetireMeet.com. RetireMeet.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?